What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Get Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And on this episode, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, family, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, known as uh, the podcast king mm. right now. Wow. Entrepreneurship one-on-one. Just sleep is for suckers. Come on. E-complex. This new studio that I can't even, I don't even know if I'm able to say it yet because I don't even know if it's open, but it's so fire and I can't, I don't even have words for it. Moose, who are we talking about? Man, one of the most consistent people you've probably seen on the internet for the last decade. We're talking about the one and only David Chance, y'all. Let's get to it. Listen, listen, this interview has been asked several times. We made it happen. Let's just get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And before we get into this episode, you already know this is powered by Ecamm Live, the all-in-one live streaming platform that everything from Nikki and Moose, from the audio and the video, is created by Ecamm Live. So if you want to be a part of that for 14 days on us, www.nikkiandmoose.com slash Ecamm, for those who can't spell it, E-C-A-M-M. But let's get into this interview. We have the man of the hour, the day. Some may say the month. We don't know yet. Let's see how this interview goes. <laughs> David Shane. There he is. Yo, first off, I got EKF Live and mine don't look like that. And I'd like the little <laughs> two circles. How you do that? How we you got, do that? We got you after. We got you after. Oh, I need we to train you. it. I need to train it. <laughs> no, how you feeling? I'm amazing, man. I am amazing. Happy to be here. Excited. Uh, I was wondering when I was going to get my shot on this podcast. Y'all done broke down every business, every brand, all pop culture, man. Uh, this is this is dope, man, what y'all doing. So I'm excited to be here. Listen, we've we, we seen we seen the rise. We have to talk about it, okay? We've we seen, we seen not only from the YouTube but from the podcasting, from now these new partnerships, we have to, we had to bring you on. We had to bring you on. But mm-hmm. let's start off with the five people who don't know you, don't know you just, at all. There's like five just of them, five. right? Just, just um, five. They're probably just one from our audience, but five who may, you know, find this podcast. Uh, who is you? Uh, I am an entrepreneur. I am a husband and a father. Uh, I like to do cool stuff in entrepreneurship, slightly addicted to entrepreneurship. Uh, I can't stop thinking about building and creating stuff. We're at a, a level now is I can just like try some stuff and whether it works or not, I'm not worried about it because it's fun doing it. And, uh, but like, like Moose said, I, I, I really thank you for just acknowledging consistency. Cause I literally have been at this for a long time and it hasn't changed. Like I haven't really. I mean, we upgraded, you know, strategy and formula, but it's literally been the same direction for the same group of people, for the entrepreneur that wants to start something and get it going. So, um, man, I just I, I'm, I'm just honored to be here and uh, above a lot of stuff. Uh, I am um, a podcaster and I want to help as many people launch what you guys are doing right now as possible. Like I, I want to be known as the person who launches podcasts, period, big, small, um, everything. Man, I'm, I'm just really, really passionate about the next 10 years. The people that are in the space right now will own the internet. Mm-hmm. The most powerful voices. Like there's yeah. no, there's no way, bro. There's, there's no, think of a time just growing up where you would listen to one person or two people or one particular show for over an hour every single week. No one's ever do like somebody might put it like Jay-Z might drop an album. You'll listen to the album 
until another album comes out and you learn all the lyrics to that song and it's over. And if they don't drop another album, you just don't listen to them as much on a regular basis as you did, right? But right, right. now, as a pot, there are some people when that notification goes off, you're locked in for an hour. The people who have that type of power, I promise you, they will be the voices of the generation. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one of the the reason why I mentioned consistency is because you didn't land on podcasting, or better yet, you didn't start at podcasting. There were some other stops along the way. But definitely the one thing we can all attest to is that the passion, the drive, the consistency was there throughout. Talk about the beginning of the journey and what was the spark or the start onto entrepreneurship before we get to where we are today. For sure. Uh, well, I guess there will be a lot of beginnings. I mean, whether we're going back into like my love for entrepreneurship as a kid, of uh, like raking leaves in my own yard and I look around and I see leaves on other people's yard, and I don't know what makes me think to myself, yo, when I'm done this, I'm gonna go see if I can do theirs. Like, not everybody, so another another one of my friends, they'll be raking their leaves, and they're like, yo, as soon as I'm done this, I'm gonna go play. Or I'm doing it because my parent told me to. I don't know what, I don't know, like, it's, it's. I don't know if it was like an innate thing, but I didn't, I didn't work on being able to see opportunity. Um, but you know, that was, you know, some beginnings, obviously a lot of us sold candy in school. We saw a market and we sold it. Right. Or exactly. it could be the beginning of my drug dealing career. I wasn't that good at it, but I did sell a little bit. I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a part of my journey. So that, that, that started my career of like, um, I, I found something that somebody wants as an adult, but am I willing to risk? You know what I mean? Am I willing to risk my life for it? Yeah. That, that may have to be the title from drug dealer to podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like literally I sold everything from weed to real estate and everything in between. So I had my real estate license in like 2005. I just, I always was, I just wanted to get it. Like I just wanted to get it. And I don't even know. If it was like the money, now I'm like thinking back, I don't ever think I was thinking, let me make as much money as I could versus, yo, this is cool. We should do this. And I could do something. It's like working on something. Like some people are addicted to building model cars. I'm addicted to building businesses, but my problem is I would start and stop and start and stop and start and find another model car to build. But um, yeah, I got a lot of firsts, a lot of beginnings. Where are we talking now, though? In the podcasting space, mm -hmm. where do you where do you want to go? How about that? Yeah, Let, let's let's start oh. where you want to go. We know several angles when it comes to you. So wherever you feel that would add the most value to the audience. All right, let's go podcasting. Okay, or let's go. before that, before okay, we'll talk about podcasting. We'll go a little bit before that. <laughs> okay, so um, I left my job at the Cheesecake Factory, building a T-shirt brand called Sleep Is for Suckers, geared towards entrepreneurship and people that lose sleep doing what they love. I've always had an affinity for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. And I joined a lot of network marketing companies because I really, really love community. And um, I think the, the the core foundation of everything that I've done has been community. So after I left my job, I started doing these entrepreneurship workshops in the city. Now it's cool, like people do events, but I got mm -hmm. the footage, like CJ spoke years ago. I got, I, didn't, I think it was like fat CJ too. I think I got, I got that. That's rare nowadays. It's like oh, a rookie card. Oh, for sure. NFT worthy. For sure. I got the footage. But I was doing these entrepreneurship workshops because I believed, and maybe it was selfish, I believed that if I was going to grow as an entrepreneur, I had to get around other entrepreneurs. And if there wasn't a gathering of entrepreneurs, I just had to put it together myself. So I would go to a bar or like a lounge and say, hey, what's your slowest day of the week? And they'll say, well, Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. I'm like, great. Let me bring in a whole bunch of people here. You get to keep the money from the alcohol and the food. I get to sell tickets. It's a win-win situation. You get to pick up business, and I get to get this footage. And that was the agreement until, the, until they started making too much money that they wanted to renegotiate. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just find another one, right? And then mm. my whole girl, Tawana, she had her own club and we started doing it there. And then I think she had some issues with her partners and that didn't work out uh, for long, but 
but I just kept doing that. And then we started doing a Monday evening call at midnight every Monday. And we did it for two years, 104 calls straight. I had no, it wasn't a lead magnet. It wasn't a funnel. It was my ability to get some people to come speak to my friends. And it kept growing. This is like freeconferencecall.com. It was a, this is before Zoom. We were just doing phone calls. But I just always believed in community. So, I mean, I just the, the whole, I guess, moral of maybe this whole podcast is bringing people together and moving people. If you can get them all in one place, it's the start of really building something special, not only for the people, but for yourself. So, hmm. man, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Just a few minutes in, was it? Was that? Was that your question? Did I just jump in front of you? I'm sorry. Go for it. Nick. It's okay. Was, so right, you got it. Look, yeah, yeah, I do I it to like, you yeah, all I'm, the time. I'm a, so I'm not. I'm, over here I'm not double I'm stealing not questions. No, you can steal if, all day. You all can steal right, all day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like, man, Dave got the conversation hot. I jumped in early. My bad. No, nah, no, nah, you good. You good. So you you mentioned it. So we got to talk about it because you have one of the best uh, entrepreneurship communities out now like i don't know any other uh calls that happen monday through friday or i I don't know if you go saturdays but a lot of days throughout the week every single day and it's over like 50 hundreds of entrepreneurs just pretty much for accountability for lessons getting taught from experts like Talk to us about the lessons that you've learned when it comes to building an online community. Um, I, I think at some point you just have to uh, be selfish. Meaning, I've I need accountability. So when people sit, like see the call and they think that I'm selling them because I'm thinking you need a community, I built the community because I need it. Like, I need accountability. Let me tell you how the morning meetup started, though. So we had a, commu- a coaching community. It was a sev- it was called Sleep Was Nice. And I think we did uh, Sunday night calls and Wednesday night calls, I want to say. And um, one day, we, we did that for a couple of years. And uh, one day, I was like, I-, I realized that I wasn't getting up early at all. So I, I lived the Sleep is for Suckers lifestyle where... I'm up till three, four o'clock in the morning. And I brag about that because I'm up three, four, five o'clock in the morning working. But I wouldn't get up to like 10. Mm. And I, 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 I don't know if I, I don't know who gave the message. I, I just remember watching a video on YouTube somewhere and someone was saying something like, yo, the stock market closes at nine o'clock. Like, I mean, like, the, like business is done. By nine, ten o'clock. And I'm like, dang. So I, I was on the call and I said, hey, let's get up tomorrow at nine o'clock and let's jump on this call. And it was like, all right, cool. So we have a bunch of people in the community, but a few people jumped on because I I, I knew if I said I was just going to wake up, I would hit the alarm clock. I'd hit the snooze button and I'd just wake up because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm free. I could wake up when I want to wake up. Okay. But I didn't like that. Oh. I didn't like that. I'm like, I looked at myself as lazy, somewhat hypocritical, because I'm sleeping all morning. So a couple of people jumped on, and I was like, yo, let's do it again tomorrow. And some more people jumped on and said, let's do it again tomorrow. And we went from, no, it was 9.15. And I said, well, let's go to, let's let's start at 8.45. And it was like, ooh, I don't know about that one, Dave. And yeah, that one hurts. That one hurts a little. Look, less people jumped on the next week. But we got the, we got that that rhythm going. And then I was like, yo, we need to start this one at eight. And now we're at like seven 45, but it, it was selfish. Like I needed to wake up. I needed the community. I needed to hear the wins. I need to wake up inspired. So now there's hundreds of people on the call, but it started with me knowing what I need. And it's growing because I'm not selling somebody something that I'm suggesting for them. I'm selling them something. Hey, this is working for me. I'm going to be here. I need this. So this is not an obligation or just out of business because that was the case. And everybody's told me, yo, you need to, yo, no lie. Neo called me this morning because I post a flyer in the morning. Neo mm. called me this morning and said, yo, you, you want four of the calls. That's too many calls. Right, right. But they don't understand. This is, that's like telling somebody, yo, you, you going to the gym four days this week? That's too much. Somebody, goes to the gym, they like, what you mean? 
I need it. Right. So, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful community. We got so many people that connect, collaborate. It's a platform that people can uh, give their message. I can invite my really successful friends. I don't know why y'all haven't been on the call. Have mm. you been on the call yet? I know Moose That's hasn't. I think I've been once. Yeah, Moose, we need you in there, man. But it's just, it's just so <laughs> ill. We got a book club, probably the largest black book club in the world. And let me tell you how it works. I love I'm sorry that. I love like that. The emphasis, like, yeah. So we read. We're reading the same book. We're all on the same book, but we only take it a chapter at a time because I'm slow. That's fair. I don't. I don't read a, a whole lot now. Before last year, I read. I read probably three books cover to cover in my whole life, right? But last year, I think we read 15 or 16 together. But mm. it's only a chapter a day. Like, it's only a, a little bit at a time. And Brent, she'll put the joint together, and I'm like, yo, Brent, that's too many pages. Mm. Slow that down. But I wanted to read more books because I, I was embarrassed to not be in the conversation when people were talking about certain books. So me being selfish again, I say, yo, let's read a book and let's read a little bit every day. So let's say Monday night, we're going to read a chapter. Tuesday morning, we're going to discuss the chapter that we all read. And then Tuesday night, we'll read the next chapter. Then Wednesday morning, we are going to discuss we're, we're going to discuss the chapter that we all read. And we're literally on the same page. And it's just amazing. So I'm going to stop my commercial. For the morning meetup.com. Hey, no, you, there's gonna be there's gonna be a few commercials. There's gonna be a few commercials out here. Yeah, the, the, it's a it's a it's a you talk about being selfish, which is funny, right? Because it's a special kind of selfishness when you can almost get other people, not almost, literally get other people to improve and better their lives because of what you need. So that's a whole different conversation, but I definitely want to touch on that at some point. The question I, I have though is that along your journey. With everything that you've tried before you landed on what you're at now, you've had some level of success. There was a time when David Chans was a headline speaker on one of ET's tours, right? And toured the country pretty much speaking on that tour. There was many different versions of that journey. What is it about those wins didn't feel right that made you keep searching? Um, I mean... Success is relative, wins are relative, depending on what, who you're standing next to. So, I mean, it's, I've definitely had some wins. Like, so let's say major win, make $200,000 in a year. That's a win. That's huge. I'm coming from the Cheesecake Factory making 30000 a year. But depending on what room I'm in, depending on who I'm standing next to, it's not a whole bunch you can brag about. Let me tell you, and I, I hope this doesn't sound like a brag, but um, this is a true story. That helped me turn it up. So, I mean, I'm grinding. I'm, I'm learning out, learning this marketing strategy stuff. And I was in the mall one day, and I remember it like it was yesterday. So, him 500 was there. Pushman Mitch was there. Neo was there. CO, Maddie, J. We just all happened to see each other in the mall. And I'm so excited because I had, like, a super successful launch. And this was the first time that I made $100,000 in a month. And like, I'm just, you know, you're in the conversation and they like having a conversation and I just couldn't wait to get in on my part to let everybody, let my friends know. It's this is what up. I did. Yeah. It's up. So I'm like, yeah. And I don't know how it came about, but it was my time. I'm like, yeah, man, just have my first hundred thousand dollar month. Now I'm excited. And I want to say it was Pushman Mitch and not even like trying to be funny or nothing, but he was like, that was your first one. Mm. Now, it's it's not the money, but his perception of me said, yo, I, th I thought you've been killing it. I thought you was already, I thought you was already, it wasn't even really trying to be funny. It wasn't motivational. It was him out of curiosity, like, oh, wow, I thought you, I thought you've been to that. And then nobody in the circle is impressed. No, yo, I don't, no one, not one person in the circle said, yo, congratulate you killing it. Wow. Mm. I said, oh, so this is where we at. Got it. Got it. And then I stopped being so impressed with myself and turned up the heat. I like literally turned up that moment allowed me to turn up the heat. So I said, if I ever want to go to the next level, I just got to get into the next level circle. That's my formula. How long ago was that? That was 2020. 2000. Oh, I want to say 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And then it just, it's been crazy since then. So, so let's, let's stay there. So what was some, 
what were some of the first couple of moves that you did in order to feel comfortable in that circle? Even you may not still feel comfortable in that circle, but like you got past that hundred K, you know, situation. You're like, all right, I got to do some stuff. What were some of the first steps? Because some people don't even know, all right, I know I need to make more or I need to have more accomplishments to fit in, in, in this particular lane or circle, but they don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, I think um, I always feel comfortable in the circle because I know who I am. It's not about money. Facts. So, like, I, I feel comfortable. I know I fit in because I add value. I add more value in some areas than anybody in the circle. And that's the first thing. I just know myself. I add value. But in terms of financially, I got to ask certain questions. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, look at my business and like drop drop my pride and my ego because in my box, I am the man. But outside of my box, it's just a bigger world, right? So sometimes we 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 have our accl- we acclamations, acc- accolades. We have our accolades, accolades in our okay. own little box, right? But when we get outside of that box, like we have to like humble ourselves and say, yo, what are you doing? Take a look at this thing. It's working for my own standards, but what how would you take it to a next level? And then start paying coaches. I I went crazy paying for coach. I paid my I paid Neo to get in his mastermind, and it ain't no little bit of money. It ain't no Thanks. little bit of money. It's like five figures. Like I think it's fifty something thousand now to get in his mastermind. But I paid a big chunk to get into his mastermind. It was super uncomfortable. But the only reason I gave him the money is because he showed me how he gave someone else the money. He said, "Yo, join these masterminds. Work." I said, "Let me do that. Let me just model what you're doing." Because I just need to get into a different circle. So um, I always feel comfortable because I know I add value. But there's always more to learn. Always room to grow. That's good. Wow. How, how, what comes next then? What, what, from, from that transition, so financially that happened, but I noticed there was a shift even in the message that you were putting out. So it wasn't just Dave being consistent and putting out content. No, Dave was being consistent in putting out a very specific type of content and turning a conference into a podcast. It was a full on switch and saying, I'm going all in. Yeah. What, what what happened there or what came next to go from the person who loves to try a lot of different things to say, no, I'm going to commit for the next decade yeah. and go um, all in? Yeah, good question. Um, it really is getting in a different environment because it stretches you. Like I don't it, it's so it's, it's so hard to pinpoint a move. Right. So one of my, my, my boy, Marcus, he says, yo, just pay the money. Invest, invest more. You need to put more money into ads. You need to put more money into your craft. Like, yo, if you got to pay somebody high level to get on your podcast, pay it. Hmm. So I, I, I stopped being so tight with my money and saying, yo, let's just go all out. If we're going to do an event. Let's do it big. It takes the same energy to think small as it does to think big. Okay. So listen, so, so like understand this. It was a, uh, just being in an environment. You just like pick up on certain things. So my boy Marquel, he'll say, yo, we're either going to do the event for free or we're going to do it for $5,000. i am not doing $20 tickets. If you're thinking we're going to do $20, $30 tickets, let's just make it free. Or we're going to do it for $2,000, $3,000. It's not like we're not, we're not nickel and diamond people. Right. It's just, something, it's just something I picked up. Like, okay, I got to stop doing these $10 events, $20 events. That was the $10, $20 guy. But once I realized, and another part is me investing more gave me the license to charge more. So it's mm-hmm. really me doing the same exact thing, but just charging more and feeling comfortable to charge more because I invested it. Like I'm I'm telling you to do something that I did. So if I pay $20 to get to an event, I'm on my phone. I'm not, I'll get there a little late. It's just $20. If I pay $2,000, same event, I'm different. I approach it different. So the best thing someone could do for me was to charge me more because now I'm more invested. And then once you get used to investing more, it doesn't like the, the amount gets smaller. So let's just say a thousand dollars. When you say a thousand dollars to somebody, it's such a big number. A thousand dollars for an event. It's a, it's just a big number to a thousand dollars to the advertise on this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
How much you charge right now? Hmm. You putting that out? I mean, I don't know. It might change by time you see this, but let's just say, for instance, me asking someone for $1,000 to advertise on a podcast was a big number. Not right. because it's advertised, but $1,000 itself is big to me. Yeah. But once you keep investing 1000 you invest 2000 in a mastermind. You invest 3000 to go to this other mastermind. You go, you invest 5000 to be in a course. You invest 25000 to be in a mentorship. I can say more confidently, yo, give me $1,000. It's only $1,000. Mm. So when I adopted that mindset, I was able to charge more comfortably because it's not that big of a number for me anymore. And it was just crazy. When I asked for it, people paid it. So if I asked for 20, they'll pay it. I didn't know the same person I asked for 24, if they pay, if I asked them for 2,000, they'll pay that too. So I'm doing the same exact thing. It's just, I felt more confident to ask for more money. So the information didn't change, but the mindset did, or was it, was it similar information you would say? I said all that to say what you just said in one sentence. <laughs> hey, I love it. That's what I do. <laughs> he said all of that right there. Yeah, Go for it, Nick. Uh, you just had, uh, depending on when the people are listening and watching this, uh, not too long ago, you had a huge event huge down in Miami, yeah. right? Right. And, and I, I, before then was virtual, then before then was like, I, I believe the very first one, hence where the podcast came from. Yeah. But how many people were in this last, this last event real quick? We had about 2,200, I believe. About 22, 2,300 people. 2,200. What, what was the first one? Uh, 550. So, yeah. so <laughs> the, okay. So thank you. Thank, I just, I just need those stats real quick. So 550 to over 2k, right? Yeah. What, how do people even get to that stats? Cause some people are going to look at, oh, he did the event. He got two over 2k. I could do this too. And people are not understanding those, those first couple events, even those 20, 10, $20 events that you did. Like, can you talk through the journey of having like a live event for the people for the people? Yeah, it's dangerous because okay. <laughs> I mean, very few people people don't like don't do events because it's a very public success or failure. So if nobody comes, you can't hide it. Right. Like, like if I say I'm gonna sell a hundred thousand books, nobody really knows how many books I sold. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if I say this is going to be the biggest T-shirt brand in the world, nobody really knows how many I sold. But if I say, if I do an event and I set out all these chairs and nobody's in the chairs, um, you can see it. So yeah. um, I have, ah, I, I can't even really be what I'm saying. This. Very, very rarely have I ever hit my number. So the first year, I said I was going to have five. The first year I said I was going to have a thousand. We had 550. Okay. I missed the number. If I said I was going to have 550, I would have probably had two. But we just go big. Like this year, we said we was going to have 3,000. We had 2,200. Missed the number. But like I, I, I promote it with the same excitement every single year. And it continues to grow. So first year, I said I'm going to have a thousand. We have 550. And a lot of people loved it. They were just blown away. And then the second year, um, COVID hit, and we had to take it to virtual. I told them that year we was going to have two thousand. I forgot how many we had. It was it was just a, it was a it was rough because everybody went virtual, right? And um, we just couldn't. It was get a weird people. year. It was a weird year. It was weird. It was a weird year. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was 2020, May, yeah, 2020. Didn't do anything 2021. And then 2022, we're like, yo, we're going to have 3,000 people and we have 2,200. Now, it still looked full. It's still amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. I'm just going for the stars. Like, I just I just go crazy. So, but here's, if, if we're talking about how to, um, you know, what you need to do in terms of an event is... You got to be good at it. Whatever it is you're talking about, just be good at it. And like publicly good at it. And then you have to get, uh, start building relationships. And 
I have a lot of relationships. So when I do an event, people say, yo, I want to be there. And I don't have to ask them to promote. They just do. Right? right. And I've been in the community so long building a community that when I say we're going to do an event, yo, we sold like 500 tickets the first day on the morning meetup. Hmm. Born into the community. Yeah, but I've, I've been there for a while. So events, events are tough. Um, I would probably suggest for somebody to kind of do some virtual stuff to kind of build your influence first. But again, I've been doing events since 2014 at these bars and lounges, moving people. So I think, um, I don't know if I answered the question, but did. Um, yeah, events, events are tough. And it could be very discouraging. So we were, I was with Jovan. This was a couple years ago. And I was encouraging Joe, like, yo, do an event, man. We got the venue. You're already here. He said, yes, I'm going to do an event. It's going to be like a game night. We're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, getting closer to any event, really, a lot of times you get discouraged because, especially if you don't hit them numbers, you're like, ooh, it's looking like. He told me the day of. He was like, yo, man, I hope it. I hope it storms. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah, I hope it storms because he was looking for an excuse to say mm. why it didn't work out. But, you know, some people came and it was really, really cool. But um, I think you really, really have to have the stomach for, for an event because it's a lot of work. And I don't know how many of those I'm going to do because it's so much work and it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of um, financial benefit, one. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact is over a couple of days, but you got to do so much to impact these people over a couple of days. I can, I do that on a regular basis. So I can do virtual events and all that kind of stuff without all that preparation. And I can impact so many people. I can do a challenge. Like it, I, I, I don't know if events is tough. Y'all just had one, right? How was it? It was amazing. It was only for the community though. Yeah. It was only, it was only, that's, that's what I love. Just serving the community. So we did that, you know, but you know, my ultimate goal though, What's that? my ultimate, goal is to do an event and not even not let anyone that's not in the community buy a ticket it's not that's for everybody same vibe that would be same. The, i don't want to promote i don't want to market i don't want i don't want to do nothing just if you're in the community that's it actually i approach uh cj with a with a concept too so he ain't hit me back yet but you know oh, come on see. <laughs> but I, I do got a follow-up real quick sorry moose i got a follow-up because yeah. you know I, I notice everything so can we talk about the strategy of promoting an event? Because I've noticed, right, those people who are on your podcast happen to be speakers at your event, which then not only gives them a platform to say their message, but it allows content to be put on their platform and yours for a constant reminder that the event is coming. Then you do some lives, separate lives, on a on a YouTube channel that has over about 200k subscribers, now you create a separate series which is more content. So, is there? How do you go about the strategies of promoting your events? Good. Um, again, first, I'm going straight to the community that we built first. Like first and foremost, I'm going to let them know, and everything that I do, um, they get an extreme discount. First and foremost, like the tickets, I want to say like for Black Equity Con is like four hundred dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. That first day, morning meetup, got it for fifty bucks. Two mm-hmm. days, I take care of my community first and foremost. Um, but how we started the first, the very first conference was this. Is actually, how I started like the podcast, where I'm just interviewing people who are going to be speakers at the conference because I'm thinking if I interview the person, if I interview Moose and He's gonna like, he's gonna be a speaker at the conference. People might yo, I love Moose. I didn't know who Moose was, but I love him. And I'm like, yo, you want to meet Moose? They're like, yeah, come to the conference. He's speaking at it. So that was my first strategy on how the podcast got started. If you look at them first, like ten or twelve episodes, there's not, there's no intro to the podcast. It's like the podcast didn't even have a name. It was just, hey y'all, we here. I don't got a name for this podcast, but we're gonna talk about some stuff. Really, look at the first few episodes. And um, that was my strategy. My strategy is always to elevate the people that are going to be there. Let me just promote people. This year, my goal was not to promote the speakers, though. 
Because everybody has events. They're promoting the speakers. Oh, so-and-so is going to be here. So-and-so is going to be there. And I was telling my partner while we were doing it, because I partnered with Drew at uh, BYOB. Mm-hmm. And, and we went back and forth about this. I said, I don't really want to make flyers for the speakers. I only want to sell people on the outcomes and what they're going to learn, regardless of who's going to be teaching it. I don't want it to be a like a, a fanfare show or like, I don't want I don't want people to come because a certain person is going to be there. I want them to come one for the information, but two because three thousand other people are going to be there, and that's where the magic is. Yo, we didn't we didn't really promote speakers for like a couple of weeks from the from the the actual event, and Drew was like, "Yo, we got to promote speakers." I'm like, "I don't really want to. I want to promote community. I want to promote information, not a person." And um. I think it worked out really, really well because people are buying tickets without knowing who's going to speak. And that moving forward is how I really want to promote every single conference, not for the person that's going to be there, but for the other people that's going to be there, the community and connection, networking. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing the reoccurring theme now. It's funny because in the first few minutes you said this podcast is likely going to be about me talking about other people to really highlight how I kind of grew my success, right? And I'm noticing that there's a consistent theme that's happening there. Let's talk about the podcast now. I mean, the podcast has grown tremendously. It kind of caught on fire and really just took off. You eventually added a partner. You found your stride in that. We also know podcasting is a multi-billion dollar industry, probably only going to continue to grow. What opportunities did you see to jump into podcasting the way you did? And is it still evolving? Can we expect say the podcast to be what it is now for the, I don't know, immediate future, or is it going to continue to involve and have different almost seasons of it? Um, I really like the format that we're in right now. Um, I didn't, I, again, like if you look at the first few episodes, I didn't have a name for the podcast. I was just trying to promote an event and it really took about, it took about two years for me to make any money or anything. I wasn't even like looking at the growth. It's like YouTube. I'm looking at YouTube, but I'm real. I, I didn't know that like podcast is a whole nother thing. And actually I make more from the audio podcasting side than YouTube. So it, it's, it, I, I didn't jump in because I, um, because I, I I was thinking, let me start a podcast and make some money from the podcast. It was to promote an event. And then as I'm promoting the event, I'm like, dang, I love this. And what was crazy, I had an opportunity to ask people for a free coaching session. Mm. <laughs> like in, in, in the master of the podcast. <laughs> That's that funny. Was what I liked. That yeah. was what I liked. That's super, super dope. Now, you teach podcasting. Right. Based off the stuff that you've done. Now, my question is, like, before people start podcasting, what would be probably like three or four things you would tell them to do before they start and and publish that first episode? Yeah, I help X do Y by Z. So. I help X do Y by Z. I help X. X is the who. Who is the the avatar, the type of person that you are speaking to? We're not talking to a whole lot of people. We are talking to a very niche. I'm sure they learned a whole lot of that on this uh, Nikki and Moose podcast. So I don't want to beat a drum, uh, beat a dead horse, but um, I help X. So we got to really identify who we're talking to. I talk to beginning entrepreneurs, people who want to get to that next level. I'm not talking to someone that's making millions that want to make more millions. I'm not teaching people how to go from a million to a billion. That's not my lane. I'm talking to the person that got a job and a dream and they're trying to bridge the gap. And I, and you can tell that that's who I'm talking to because I'm going to give you my format. My format is when I sit down with someone really successful, I'm automatically going to establish why they're on the podcast. How successful are you? I was very personal. Question. How much money you got? How much money you made? Like, what is the success? <laughs> I want I want Rico, who's working at his job, to look and be wowed by this person's success. But as soon as we figure that out, I'm going to take that guess back to when they were in Rico's shoes. I want to know 
what happened from the time where you were working a job and a dream and you're trying to bridge that gap. And then we're going to work our way all the way back up to all this money that you made and all the success that you had. But I've crafted that formula for my target audience. So I help X do Y. What do you want this person to be able to do? What is the what? What is, do you want them to be able to become full-time entrepreneurs? Do you want, um, you might say, I help, I help single parents, um, uh, I don't know, manage education and connectivity with their kids. The what would be how to be connected to your child. So you know who you're talking to and you know what you want them to accomplish. Now, all the topics that we talk about, the people that we pick to interview, we know what the goal is for this person. But how do you do it? What is your strategy? Well, we're going to do it through the podcasting. We're going to do it through a course. We're going to do it through, um, I don't know, the podcast might have, you know, yearly retreats or something like that. So I help single parents connect with their kids um, by interviewing people who have mastered it, whatever, right? So if you come up with that statement, I think that'd be like a real beeline to your goal as a podcast. Hope y'all taking notes, people. Hope y'all taking yeah, that notes. Yeah, that was good. That was good. What, what, what's the, and I don't know if you study anyone or, or it just comes natural to you, but you talk about that format, which is really scientific, right? You're talking about getting straight to the point in the beginning, but then going back to the beginning of journey and working your way back up. Who have you studied to really become a better interviewer and get comfortable asking people some pretty uncomfortable questions? But quite frankly, they probably connect with the audience in a real tangible way because it's right there on a platter for you. Um, I study a lot. Well, I, I didn't get that formula from anybody. I just got it from my own. I'm almost 300 episodes in. So like you, you do something long enough, you start developing a formula. But um, Larry King was so direct and in your face. Yo, it was almost like you could be having a whole nother topic of conversation and he's going to pop out with a very personal question. I watched David Letterman ask Jay-Z about cheating on his wife. I'm like, mm. oh yeah. my God, the way he framed it was crazy. My man, he started, he go, he, like, it, it, it was wild. He starts talking about a situation that he was in where um, he had messed up in his own relationship. And he, I mean, this had to go on for a few minutes where he starts talking about it. And then he looked at Jay-Z with this question. He said, well, I was just wondering if that's something you could relate to. And I said, mm. now Jay danced around. The t he, he didn't really like go in on the answer, but the fact that he asked it fast forward, I'm in an interview with two twins. One is like, they're both women, right? One shot. Shouts out to Swag. So I, one of the questions that pops up mid-interview, in my head, in my head, I'm like, y'all grew up together and we went separate paths with um, like sexual preference. And for 15 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, I really want to know the answer to this question, but I don't want to offend anybody, but I really want to know. So how am I going to ask this question? I'm asking questions and listening to their answers so I can ask other questions. But in the back of my mind, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. And I asked it. And I think a very, very, I was proud of myself the way I asked questions. I wanted to know. And I forgot how I asked it, but I remember I was relieved. I said, ooh. And they both laughed. They, they had, and it was a really, really good answer. And I was like, yo, this is amazing. I got over my fear because I've been, again, almost 300 episodes in. I've been in scenarios where I want to ask a question, but by the end of the interview, I'm upset with myself because I didn't ask it because I couldn't figure out how to do it. I say all that to say, um, if you do something often enough for long enough, you start to figure out some formulas. And I'll probably be way, I mean, Larry King was interviewing people for 50 years. I was watching David Letterman as a child on the late night show. So, of course, he's a master at asking a very personal question to a very, very successful man. I would never, I would never even hint at a question like that to Jay-Z. Mr. Jay-Z? Really? Mr. Jay-Z? <laughs> but he's, he's David Letterman. He's David Letterman. Like, you see, like, 
the humor that uh, Ellen brings to serious conversations, and she can she can go she can go high with you in terms of like you know having fun. She can come all the way down and be like very vulnerable. I'm like, yo, this is Arsenio Hall. He can go off script and just like he's at this point he's still like pro black. I am a black man. You step out of line. This is my show. I would ne- I would never attack one of my guests at the show, but he did, and it's classic stuff. So one, I study the craft, but I've been doing it over and over and over and over again. So I don't see any other direction that I'm going because what we're doing right now is helping a lot of people. Obviously, more platform, bigger stages, uh, bigger platforms. But uh, I love what I do, man. Wow. All right, I gotta I gotta talk about the bag. I gotta talk about the bag. Okay. Uh, you said be direct, Dave. Here it uh, is. No, <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, okay? So there are multiple ways of making money in podcasting, right? Of course, the ads. But I love your way of maneuvering in this podcast game. Not only do you do the ads, but you have specific podcasts. Like besides Social Proof, you have two other podcasts with the intentions of either bringing people to the community or selling a a consulting situation and documenting the process and making it into content that gets also ads in the same way that you've been doing the podcast. Please break down this, this David Shands uh, podcasting formula of how to get to the bag. Oh, for sure. Um, there's a bunch of ways. Um, one is uh, just continue to grow your audience because the bigger your audience grows, there will always be people who will pay whatever to get in front of your audience. So as you keep growing your audience, um, advertisers come, average everyday people, like they come and say, yo, I want to, um, you know, can you market this? Can you promote this? And I don't market and promote everything or everyone, but um, if it works out, then it works out. Um, so just grow, growing your audience. But before we do that, we just got to have a good show. Like I am really, really focused on having a good show without anyone giving me any money. Cause nobody's going to pay you for, for a terrible show. And they're only not going to pay you for a terrible show because no one's going to watch a terrible show. So if you have a good product, you can always make money. So that's number one. Number two is, um, some people have a business model or, or some sort of, business that they're selling. Let's say they're selling, I don't know, coaching or con- coaching and consulting. Let's just say, for instance, support black colleges. And I gave them this idea and they ain't do it yet. So I'm about to just do it and just steal their logo and just put it on my show. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, if you have a product, right, we can build a podcast around black colleges. So I'm bringing in people who have been to HBCUs and they're telling their stories of HBCUs and everybody can relate to it and black culture and all that kind of stuff. You feel me? And at if we're talking about support in black colleges and everything black college, well, most of the people listening probably went to a black college because they can relate. But on the other end, if you went to a black college, of course, why wouldn't you buy the apparel? So we would use the podcast as a way to build this particular clothing brand business that we're doing right now. And anybody can do it. If you're a marketing, if you sell marketing services or whatever, if your podcast is about giving away gems and informational marketing, of course, people are listening probably because they're struggling with marketing. And you can actually build yourself as an authority. So when they start talking about marketing or someone needs help with marketing, they're going to go to the person that they listen to every single day. And it don't got to be an hour, hour and a half like these podcasts, right? Like I listen to marketing school. It's a podcast. So it's five minutes, five minutes of gems. But I also stole that model. So right now I release five minute Fridays with David Shands on the same podcast because whether it is a million downloads or, I mean, whether the show is an hour or the show is five minutes, if someone k- clicks play, that's a download. So some people mm. might not want to consume an hour, but they're going to consume five minutes. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that some people come on the Social Proof podcast or they 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 listen to the Social Proof podcast 
only for the five minute Fridays because they got five minutes. They ain't got an hour. They take the information, go execute and can't wait for the next Friday. That's me building another listener and another download. And the more downloads we have, the more advertisers want to put get in front of your audience and make more money and they'll, they'll pay you more money. So I drop an episode on Monday, Thursday and five minute Fridays. We just started that last week and we are going to continue that because that five minute Fridays did well and we'll start promoting five minute Fridays. And it's not even a different podcast. Here's, and I'm, I'm going to give some people the game. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited too. My objective is to not build the podcast based on the podcast itself in terms of like me interviewing people or dropping an hour-long podcast. I want to build out an experience where people have their favorite parts. So the only reason I'm doing the five-minute Fridays right now is because we're going to build up some, some momentum on that show. And eventually, you'll have guests come on and do five minutes for me. One, it grows the show, which grows the whole podcast, um, the whole the whole podcast itself. But two, if you want some exposure in marketing, you can be on Five Minute Fridays. Get five minutes. You can drop your gems, and that's some exposure for you. But you got to pay me for that. So mm. and it, it's going to information, but that's going to be another stream. And here's what's cool. Nobody has a formula in podcasting yet, so I'm creating my own. Y'all have your own formula. Podcasting is so early and it's so young that you could just have fun with it. And I'm, I'm telling you that the five I, every single day, right now, right now, we do Monday, Thursday, the four Fridays. Every single day. I mean, Monday, it's me interviewing somebody. Thursday, me and Donnie. And every other day are like short clips of the Monday and Thursday episode. But now we don't have to do Friday with a short clip because we're doing five minute Friday. So we'll do Monday, Thursday, Friday, all new content. But the rest of the days of the week is still little clips. And eventually we'll just fill up these little clips where it's an experience every single day. And some people are only going to download the podcast for five minute Fridays or the joint I'm doing with me and Donnie, or I don't know, we might do uh, Nikki and Moose Marketing and that joint be every Tuesday and we're going to drop that. We're going to drop content and it's going to be an experience. And I'm not trying to build the podcast off of just interviews. The podcast needs to be an experience. And that's just how I see it right now. All right. So let's, let, we got to talk about this new podcast studio you got. You got, you got to talk about it because uh, I had, I had a lovely invite and when I say super impressed, like I want to record in there, like now, in all the rooms. I have no business being in all the rooms, but I'm going to find a reason to record in all the mm -hmm. rooms and have a meeting and all this great stuff and, and record Nikki and Moose live in there somehow, some way. Um, why? Because you already had a spot, right? Why? And like just the vision, like that journey, because I, I remember when it was just like gray bars, like it was just metal stuff in there. And now it's it's a place that every content creator is going to want to be at. Like, I don't know any content creator who wouldn't be inspired by that spot. So just break down that 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 whole situation. Yeah, Um I mean, I, I kind of just like announced that I am a podcaster at some point, I think 2020. And I'm like, yo, this is what I'm going all in on. And I just wanted to build out a studio. So we have a, a studio, but it's more like event space and I have a partner and there's, you know, other business operations, but I am a creator. And I mm -hmm. said, uh, I just need to find a podcasting studio. It's crazy. I, I had this idea for a plug and play podcasting studio because I started my podcast with just me wasn't nobody else there. It's like you set up a camera, hit record, and then you do the podcast and then it's over. So I'm like, I want to do that for podcasters. And the, the concept has evolved, but eventually I found a building that I could purchase and there was literally nothing in it. Like no, it was just four walls, gravel floor. And um, I just had a vision and I'm taking all of the money that I I make in podcasting and I'm dumping it, dumping it into the studio. So when I tell like a lot, all the advice that I give people, it's not coming from nowhere. I'm only telling people what I've done or what I'm currently doing. So I think I feel blessed. I told this about, I told this to uh, Terika, Terika in front of her group. 
There's very few people that can that can do a thing and teach a thing. The people who are like teaching it typically don't do it at a high level. Anything. Think about the the creators and coaches, and I, I'm not I'm, like it's nothing wrong with them, but most of the people that teach it aren't doing it because they don't have a whole lot of time to do it at a high level. Not saying that they're, they're not good at it, right? They've you know reached some mild success and now they're teaching it. But you have these other people that are doing it and they're not teaching it because they're too busy killing it, doing the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know if um, you have a course on podcasting. Mm-mm. Nope. So you're probably too busy killing it, like doing the thing. Yo, I'm not teaching right now. And there's times and seasons for everything, right? right. So like w- the people that are killing it are killing it for a reason because their their focus isn't divided. It's like, yo, I'm just going to kill it. Yeah. But I feel like, um, like Terika, for example, she's someone that can keep killing it. Like she's going to keep buying property and keep teaching it, which is extremely difficult. So I have to like not only keep teaching podcasting, but my podcast has to keep growing or I'm a hypocrite or I'll feel like I'm a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I told my, my morning meetup group, I'm not, the money that's made from the morning meetup will never outweigh the businesses I do outside of here because I'm going to keep building a business and keep teaching you guys. You guys are paying me to teach you, but I'm going to keep building. So don't think like my whole entrepreneurial career is based on you paying me every month. I'm going to get the game and bringing it back. So um, the studio just says to me that I'm not just saying that I'm invested in this thing. I am serious. And if I'm going to be the king of podcasting, I at least got to have my own studio. I at mm. least it, I'm not I'm not leasing it. I'm not uh, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not renting it. I bought the building and then every single wall that you see in there was built from the ground up no loans. It was all the money from podcasting that I dumped into that thing. And now he's going to go to a whole nother level. I'm going to be able to teach people more effectively. And it's just up. And it's just another entrepreneurial thing that I get to learn, grow, and come back and teach to my community. So that's that's my whole life. That's all I've ever done. Is it is it officially open yet? Not yet. By the time this, this, uh, this airs, it will be, for sure. Okay, look. What is- you, you, will, you will get an invite. You will get an invite to the grand opening. What is okay. it called? Let let the people know so so they could continue to Google to find out when it's open. Yes, the Creators Clubhouse is the Creators Clubhouse. So um, this love is it. and there's a quote on the wall that says there are millions of people that would love to pay you if only they knew you existed. Mm. So our objective is to help people know that you exist, not to go find customers, but to make it easier for customers to find you. And if we create more content, it just makes it a lot easier to find you. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Man, Dave, uh, we're coming up on 100 episodes, man. We've done a lot of episodes, <laughs> a lot of interviews. No, give me some uh, stuff, yeah! <laughs> there we you go. Know, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. But I say that to say, this is probably one of my favorite conversations, and I'm not just putting that out there. I think for... You know, the way that our concept came together, we started in COVID. It was almost something to do when everything was shut down. And of course, Kobe had just passed and we were like, man, everyone talks about giving people their flowers while they're still here. Why don't we actually do something about it? And why don't we, similar to what you've done pretty much throughout a lot of your career, highlight people that we know? We only interview people that we know, believe it or not. So why don't we highlight people that we know and give them their flowers while they're still here? So- let me say this as my portion of handing you your virtual flowers, man, it's been incredible to watch your journey. And more importantly, I see the change. I think the, 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 the maturity, just, there's just something different about your aura and your energy and, and the way you're, you know, really navigating right now. And it's incredible, bro. I think you're just getting started and uh, I'm excited to see where you go, but I've also been watching and I know that you've had some big name guests on your podcast as well. Grant Cardone, Dame Dash to name a few. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned from one of your guests? Oh man, easy. Naveen Jane, bro. Naveen Jane. Well, it was a bunch, but Naveen Jane, um, he started talking about obsession. And he said, um, 
passion, he said, passion is for losers. Passion is for your average person. Everybody's passionate about something. But when you really tap into that obsession, when you are obsessed about something, that's when it grows. And I think that my um, the people around me understand my obsession, right? I still make time for my family and things of that nature, but like there's there's an obsession here with content creation and podcasting and community. So he helped me to understand that it's okay. And if I really, really want to take something to the next level, I'm going to have to be obsessed with it. Uh, Myron explained to me that um, uh, anytime you're focused on something, everything's going to be out of balance. And he said, if everything is in balance, you're probably not focused. Mm. He said, if you're focused on building a business, if you're focused on building a business, family life is probably going to be slightly out of balance. It's going to be some, David, you still working? You're not coming home yet? Like what time? Like there's, there should be some friction there because you're focused because stuff is out of balance. Now, I do hope that uh, one day my whole life is in balance and in harmony, but that means I no longer have to focus on anything or business can be out of balance, but I'm focused on family at this point. And that's cool. So um, Grant Cardone, just relentless. When someone, it's almost like he doesn't hear the word no. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if he's won something and someone tells him he can't have it, it's almost as if they never said no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yo, there's, there's, there's literally so many. I could go, oh my gosh. Neo, he taught me the, 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 the ebook play and just making marketing so, so simple. Talked to uh, Wall Street Trapper. He talked he, he talk through how um, some people are simply playing the wrong game. Like a game is being played and you're playing the wrong game. Imagine you're on a basketball court and you start like, you punt the basketball like it's a football. You're like, yo, you're, you're playing the wrong game. Everybody else knows the game but you. Like it's just, there's so many, there's so many. And literally every episode that I'm doing in the moment is my favorite episode. (laughs) (laughs) Dan Henry episode was incredible. Mm. Dan Henry. Oh, what? If I had to like put a top five, I would definitely say Dan Henry's joint was top five. I don't know, but that might change. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Top five. Been on my interview this week. You know what I mean? So. If yeah, wait, you didn't even say the official name of your of your podcast. Can you just drop the name of the podcast? You've been Social talking morning podcast. meetup all day. <laughs> Social proof podcast, y'all. Tap in Social Proof Podcast, man. Put that little follow button on all social uh on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, please. We'd appreciate the support. It's gonna be plugged in probably two more times because I got two more questions. Real Let's quick questions. One. Uh, top tree, tr- tree. What, what, what kind of accents did tree. I just do? Tree. Uh, tree. <laughs> top three uh, branding and business books that you've ever read. Mm, top three branding and business books. Well, we just got done reading The Psychology of Money, which was probably, that, that was one of my favorite books all year. It was just Mm, comprehensive. It was really, really cool. Um, what else? What else? Goodness gracious. Uh, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Okay. One of my favorites. Oh my gosh. And the the holy grail of business books and entrepreneurship books is how to win friends and influence people. Because mm. business is simply a people game. Like if you if you understand how human beings operate and how to talk to them, oh my gosh, the whole world unlocks for you. So yeah, top one book of like any list that I have of books is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, Slight Edge is in there, and um, Psychology of Money is a new a new one for me. Dave, you know I love you. You have been amazing, not only in my own journey, but like for, for culture, for what you've right. been doing. And so for, well, normally we let Moose do, do final words, but I'm going to let you do final words. Where can people follow you? 
go to the podcast, all that great stuff, but as well as just the final words for the people. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm really passionate about podcasting. So, uh, of course, I have uh, something to uh, share with you all, podcastersblueprint.com. What I put together, I took out everything that I thought would be needed for someone to really launch and have a successful podcast. Um, I got to figure out a way to make it a, um, a, um, I got to figure out a way to make it a, an affiliate for Nikki and Moose so that when y'all support the podcast, of course, you are supporting Nikki and Moose. Okay. So, uh, don't just go to the website, just click the link below, use promo code. What's the promo going to, Pro, promo code going to be because I got to give your people a discount, of course. We'll say, we'll say, uh, Queens, we'll say Queens, Queens. Okay, so yeah, so use promo code Queens, and not only does that promo code give you a discount on the course, but it also uh puts some money in uh in Nikki and Moose's pocket so they can support. Uh, so you guys can support the podcast. So I think that's really, really important. But yeah, just please go subscribe to the Social Proof Podcast, man. Just type in Social Proof Podcast on YouTube, Podcast, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please, please, please go check it out and be inspired. And it's I've helped the podcast itself, not me, but the podcast itself has helped so many people. One on the side of the listener, like, People that have like been inspired and motivated to continue to make more money in a business, or they found somebody that they figure, yo, I can do what they're doing. And they're running the play, they're executing. But on the other side, there's some people that really deserve to be highlighted. That's killing the game. And I, I feel that um, it's our duty on our show to highlight people who deserve it. So, yeah, man. Uh, and if you want some constant motivation, inspiration, you could be a part of our community, themorningmeetup.com. Download the app, Morning Meetup app. And I'll see you in the morning. That's, that's your final words? That's your final that's words? Final. Oh, look. That's final words, people. Hey, come on. Hey, actually, Nikki, can you give us some final words, please? I'd love to hear how it's really done. You know what I mean? Give me some All right, Moose. Final nah, words. Go for it. He said Nikki. He said no, Nikki. no, no, no. Oh, that, that's yeah. not that's oh, not the yeah. format. Nah. That don't mess up. Nah. He talked about the format. Don't <laughs> talk about the format. Nikki, I want to hear some final words from Nikki. There we Nikki, go. There we go. The honorary guest. Yeah, yeah, Final words. Um, regardless of technical issues, regardless of how whack your Wi-Fi is, how bad your camera is, the lighting, the audio. Uh, consistency wins over everything. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say for the final words. Hey, Moose. 